It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please turn with me, if you would, to Psalm 78, Psalm chapter 78. Um, We were here two weeks ago, um, and we preached a different message than what I will be preaching this week, but yet we're coming really from some of the same texts uh, or text verses here. And um, we'll go ahead and we'll read uh, um, at least verses 1 through 8. We'll review what we said the other week on uh, from from chapter seventy eight, and then we're going to kind of build on that as I began just thinking on it a little bit after I had preached some, and the Lord started opening up some more things to me. I saw some other things that are important, and so I, I felt like I ought to come back and hit on some of those again. So, um, Psalm chapter seventy eight, beginning in verse one, it says this: "Give ear, O my people, to my law; incline your ears to the words of my mouth." I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them to their generation, that they might set their hope in God, and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments, and might not be as the fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Now, if you remember two weeks ago, we dealt with this same passage and verse 41 where it says, Yea, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. And we looked at how it was that this uh, generation, these fathers in Israel, how was it that they had limited God? And as we said, it was their disbelief. They questioned God's ability. They didn't have the faith that God requires to work. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So they didn't believe God. They didn't take God at His word. They didn't apply His word. They didn't have faith in the promises of God's word. They didn't think God would take care of them. So they had limited Him in their disbelief, or we said with their questioning. We had said that they had limited God by their desire or by their quenching. Verse 8 says that they had set not their heart aright. Their hearts weren't right with God. Their love wasn't right. They had other things that were more important in their lives. As we looked at last week, um, and it was just a simple thought, but their sins and their iniquities are, are what separated them from God. And see, when your heart's not right, that means you've got sin in your life somewhere. So they had limited God by, by their heart, by their love. And then the last thing we had said is that 
they limited God by their disobedience or their quitting. And we had looked in verse 9 how the, it says, Your spirit was not steadfast with God. Then verse 9, the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. He was a generation that was ready for war. They were armed for war. There was a battle to be won. God could have given them victory. But they decided, no, we're going to go our own way. We're not going to fight. And they limited God in their faithfulness, in their commitment to God. So that's what the fathers had done. But I want to give you some context of this chapter a little bit more than I did the other week. And then we're going to look at a different thought. So we, we know this chapter, this was according to the heading given by Schofield and, and the others. This is a mashal or a psalm of Asaph. It's an instructional psalm. As he begins to speak, he says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Notice this. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. So he's giving here a history lesson in a sense, but he is using this as more than just a history lesson. He is giving this as a parable. In other words, there is a truth in all of this that he is wanting whoever is hearing him to be pulling from this. But he's giving it in parable form. So he's giving a story to illustrate a truth. Really, we could say verses 1 through verse 8 are really introductory to all the rest of what goes on in this chapter. He begins to tell us his purpose. He begins to speak to his current generation, which if I've got some of my timing right, and there's different authors hold different opinions, but from what I can tell from the Word of God, if this is truly a psalm of Asaph, then it would have had to be written during the time of King David. Asaph was a the chief, one of the chief, I guess the chief musician in uh, David's kingdom. He actually played the cymbals, according, according to the Bible, in, in their temple worship. But the, so you'll find elsewhere as well that he was also a seer or a prophet. And there is a prophetic aspect of this psalm that, I really, we're not even going to try to even touch on that um, at this point. But what I find here in, in Asaph, here is a man who, they're living in good times. They're, they're living in, in some, they're, they're heading the right direction. They have been through some bad times underneath Saul. They have been in some bits of captivity here and there by the Philistines. Now David's coming on the scene. They're starting to see some spiritual victory. Asaph may have been, even continued on through the, the reign of King Solomon. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where he'd be falling in here. I'm not sure exactly the time. This is just a, a guesstimate of how close we can get. So here's Asaph, a man living in probably some pretty decent times, spiritually speaking, physically speaking, some high points of the kingdom. Most likely in David's time, David was probably the best king they ever had. The highest point in the, the whole Israeli period 
or, or their history would have been under King Solomon, who was just the very next king, and he just took on what his father had done. So there was some good times. But what I see, here's a man. In his current generation, while there's some things going very well, here's a man that is concerned for the next generation coming on the scene. He begins to say, he says, what I'm, basically what I've got to tell you, we've all heard this before. He said, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. This is something that's been passed down to them. But he's pointing out that we also have a responsibility. He says, we will not hide them from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which would, should be born, who should arise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. This is where I want to come out of this week, if the Lord will help me. I want to preach on this subject, pass the baton. Pass the baton. In other words, we have been giving a form of truth. Not just a form, I apologize. We've been giving the truth, the Word of God. And we have a responsibility to pass that truth on to the next generation coming on the scenes. Here I find Asaph. A man that was concerned, a man that had some foresight, a man that understood if we don't begin to pass on these truths to the next generation coming on the scene, then the next generation will not be spiritually successful. He had a, a focus on spiritual matters, not just the physical matters. To me, as I go through this psalm, he's not concerned necessarily about their physical well-being or or the, how brilliant they are. What he is concerned with is their spiritual success. And he is going to drive that point home. Here is his thesis statement right here. He says, we, we've got to teach them, we've got to pass on the truth, here's why, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, and but keep His commandments, and might not be as their father's a stubborn and rebellious generation. Now, he's not just talking about their, their fathers, their direct fathers here. He's speaking more general, generally, I believe, as to the history of Israel and to their, their forefathers. That's, I guess, the, the word we would use for that now, nowadays. He's looked at the history. He's saw how they've been, and he wants them to understand this history so that they don't make the same mistakes, so that they don't follow the example that their forefathers did. So he's concerned with passing on truth so that the next generation and the generation after that and the generation after that and the generation after that. There's five generations mentioned. If I understand this text right, five generations mentioned that it needs to be passed on. And it's not obviously supposed to stop there either. But he mentions five generations. Why? Because he is concerned that the truth stays the same. That 
those getting the truth follow it, adhere to it, and that they don't depart from it, that they don't begin getting carnal or casual about it, but that they stay serious about the things of God. We need some people today like Asaph. Some men and women that would be concerned for the next generation coming on the scene. Here in this chapter, we could say that we've got a generation that is in the balances. A generation that, depending on the teaching, depending on the example that they get from their fathers, depending on the truth or the amount of truth that is passed to them, is going to determine whether or not they're going to be spiritually successful or whether they're going to follow spiritual defeat. Now, they might be physically prosperous for a while. They might do well, be well off for a while. But when that truth begins to fall, the curses of God or, or the judgment of God begins to fall on the land. And there is a path. There is a vicious circle that you'll follow in the children of Israel in their history. And even you can follow it in this passage. They, they knew the truth. Then they depart from it. They won't obey it. They just go their own way. God brings judgment. They pretend to repent, or, may, or they they will repent, they'll serve God for a little bit, but their hearts aren't really quite right with Him again, and so next thing you know, they're back off track again, back doing their own thing, they've walked away from God again, and God comes back around and brings judgment again. And that judgment, that that's a very serious thing. For the children of Israel, according to the history that we find, that, that judgment resulted in captivity, it resulted many times in famine or pestilences. There's all kinds of things that brought that, that the judgment of God could take a form of. But they had faced it. Here's Asaph. He's concerned that the next generation does not inherit the wrath of God. Here, here's Asaph concerned that they don't follow the example that some of their forefathers have set, and maybe even some of their fathers. He is concerned that they get on a mind set on God, focused on Him, that's going to be steadfast for God, that's going to be just full of love for God, and on fire for God, and obeying God's Word. He knows that it is critical that they begin to follow the Word of God. So one of his emphasis emphasis is here is going to be the Word of God. But that's not the, the exact subject I'm even wanting to hit on. So here what we see, see this morning. It is very necessary that we pass the baton of truth on. My questions are going to be this. What are we to be passing on? How are we to be passing it on? And what are you passing on? And if the Lord will help us, that's what we're going to try to deal with this week. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email Back to the Book Broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.